We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers finish off preseason with a dud. Not the way you wanted to see them head into the regular season. Just, oh boy, no-show performance tonight from the Lakers bench. 123 to 100, and the Lakers bench got lit up by the Suns bench in this one. A lot to break down, including whether or not Lakers fans should be concerned. Is this just a preseason game and you and you brush it off? Do we look at the context of the game with the Lakers missing some of their point guards and that being an issue, particularly in the second half? How much does it matter that the Suns didn't bother playing Devin Booker or Bradley Beal? A lot of stuff for us to get into on this show. So welcome in those of you joining via YouTube, via Facebook, via Twitter. Welcome in all of you. I guess I should say X joining me tonight is Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, Matt, we, we're going to need some of your optimism <laughs> in, you know, in this one. What what happened? What did the Lakers just do? Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny. I was kind of come on here. My first thing was going to be like, it sounds like I'm going to need to live up to the nickname before the season <laughs> even starts. <laughs> um, I think we did the show together in the last preseason game, right, Trevor? Um, yeah. And I think the opening line was, do we just forget the second half and talk about the first half? And I feel like we're going to have to do that again. Well, I think there's the Lakers starters. I thought looked just fine. Now, of course, we have to discount because the Suns, the Suns lied. Frank Vogel said, I'm going to play my guys for three quarters or about three quarters. Uh, and then suddenly right before the game, he said, oh, no, wait, just kidding. Devin Booker and Bradley Beal decided they're not going. We're not going to play them. So we didn't even get to see like the Lakers starters against the Sun starters, which we were hoping to see. But I thought the Lakers starters looked okay. Uh, I thought for the first quarter in particular, they they looked really good. They wound up losing the first quarter, but I felt like they were winning the flow of the game. It looked like they were the better team out there. And then in the second quarter, they wind up going on a bit of a run. The Suns came back and hit a few threes and made it close. I believe it was a four-point game at halftime. And then things fell apart. The Suns bench actually was beating the Lakers starters at the start of the third quarter. The Lakers pulled their starters, and then the Lakers bench got absolutely annihilated by the Suns bench. I think that maybe is the most concerning thing here because the Lakers should have a big advantage over the Suns in terms of the bench units. And we did not. In fact, I thought this was it was hard to watch the Lakers bench in, in this one. So what do we really make of this? Should we be worried at all? Is this a, or do we just say it's preseason? The Lakers had no point guards and they looked like a team that didn't want to play another preseason game. Yeah. Um, as all things in life are, I think the answer usually falls somewhere in the middle here. Um, however, I will probably personally think it skews more toward, I think we can just chalk this up to preseason personally. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think a lot of people had pointed it out on the old X slash Twitter, um, that the Lakers didn't have any real playmakers slash point guard on the floor when we saw those all bench lineups. 
Um, I doubt that this is a uh, that was a lineup that the coaching staff and even the players have really used during practices. So this might have been the first time they're on the floor together. And it really did just look like a bunch of guys trying to play pickup against a bench unit on the Suns. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's it's not good to look at it as, you know, the Lakers bench is more talented than the Suns bench. I think there's a lot more co uh, context that's needed sure. there. Um, I definitely do fall into the camp of, you know, like, yeah, like the Lakers have more talent. These guys have played. Some of them have played together already. Like, you know, they, you would think that they would play better than this to me. Like, um, it is a lot of things. Um, I think there is maybe a little bit of concern just with how they look if they don't have like the regulars out there, but um, I think important to keep in mind is that I don't think the coaching staff will ever throw a lineup out there like that in the regular season when the games actually start to count. So yes, um, fingers crossed that they saw what we saw and they go, yep, never doing that again. If we've got guys that can play and they can handle the ball and organize our offense a little bit better, we're going to do that. So all that being said, I don't think it's time to panic <laughs> yet. Um, but man, I'm just going to say if we get this sort of effort on opening night, the uh, this, that's going to be a fun show. Oh, that, that'll be a problem if you get that there because there really there wasn't a lot of effort from that. We saw the bench unit get beat consistently on backdoor cuts. Yep. Like we I guess that's what it comes down to. Right. Um, Some of the uh, and we'll get into you know the entire game here, by the way, uh, Gabriel became a, a member here to the YouTube channel. So welcome aboard that. I think we've come up with some really cool perks for our YouTube membership program. So welcome in Gabriel and everybody else that has joined as a, as a member, we do appreciate all of you. Um, so let's, when we look at this game, there are, a, there's a lot of things that we can look at and just say, well, they didn't have a point guard, right. For the, for the bench unit. And that's, and that explains why the off, I mean, Kim Reddish was trying to play point guard and that went about how you would expect it to, <laughs> but there were some things that a point guard not being on the floor is no excuse for, like the the issues defensively. But I don't. I talked to Sean about this earlier, Matt. This reminded me when the Lakers went out there with their bench unit and had no point guard on the floor. Do you remember that Denver Broncos game from it was either last season or season before when all of their all the quarterbacks got hurt and it was like uh, Hinton, I think it was. Yeah, He's, like their converted receiver. Like played a little bit of quarterback in high school or something like that. They had to try to. It looked like that. That's that's what it looked like. It looked like they didn't have anybody who had any experience uh, running a basketball team, being an initiator, and it and it showed. It was it was incredibly sloppy. There were tons of turnovers. It was it was gross. It was not fun to watch. But to your point, we're never going to see that during the regular season. Yeah, I think it was uh, Dan Wakey of the LA Times that tweeted out that I think the bench unit had like a zero to seven assist turnover rate. Um, for anyone doing the math at home, that is zero assist to seven turnovers. Not great. Um, yeah, like, look, it it is really, really hard to just throw in a lineup together without a real point guard and to say, go create something. I thought we saw a lot. We saw too much isolation. We saw Cam Reddish, and for example, like trying to force his way to like to the basket or like just take shots um you know i thought that would have been a good opportunity for christian wood to kind of assert himself a little mm -hmm. bit as well you know just again it, it's i think for like you know like for fans it's kind of difficult to imagine like you know professional basketball players like struggling that hard because they should be good but i mean i think again just lineups that haven't played together or at all really um it's just really hard to to do that on the fly so again i'm not gonna worry too much about it if i see that lineup again however in the regular season yeah. we're gonna have some problems i mean my god matt christian wood was a minus 35 and plus minuses and everything but yikes Rui was a minus 30. in 19 mm -hmm. minutes Rui only grabbed one rebound it was it was a um startling game from the Lakers bench to say the least. All right, let, let me get into some of our questions and comments here. So I have a feeling that's going to push us into pretty much everything else that, that we're going to need to talk about here. Cause there's a lot of things that we still need to get into, but uh, T Kodak said, based on what we saw tonight and with JHS, not looking ready, who is the break glass in case of emergency point guard? He says, is it LeBron? I mean, the Lakers have, I would say comfortably four guys, right? LeBron, mm -hmm. Reeves, D'Lo, and then Gabe Vincent, right? Uh -huh. um, do we need a break glass in case of emergency, PG? I don't necessarily think they do. Um, I, I think what we saw in that third quarter was 
LeBron and Reeves and D'Lo were done in the game and Gabe Vincent, they kept out just because his back's been bugging him a little bit and they figured why risk it. So they just, they didn't have any of those guys on the floor. Like we're going to see at least one of those guys will be on the floor at all times. And I think JHS is your break glass in case of emergency point guard. And that, that may not sound great because so far we've seen that. Yeah, he's probably not ready, but again, break glass in case of emergency isn't when you're talking about somebody who is break glass in case of emergency, that's not like, Hey, you've got a quality player that you're going to plug in there. That's not a that's that's not the way that works. Break glass in case of emergency is oh my gosh, we have no other option. We just need somebody to put there in, in that slot. That's if you roster David Montgomery, that's okay. Craig Reynolds, I guess you're going in this week for me at at running back, right? That's what break glass in case of emergency is. And so JHS, I think, can be that guy for them. Um and I and I think that he's gonna He'll pick things up as the season goes on, too. So I don't necessarily think they need to run out and go grab another point guard with the 15th spot. On top of that, it's not like there's a bunch of point guards sitting around that are, are going to give you much. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I, I mean, I know JHS didn't look, you know, very good in preseason, but he's a rookie. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you going to expect? Um, I know that we tried to shoehorn Max Christie in that role tonight. And I think to Sean's point, I think he tweeted this out also mm -hmm. that Max looked way, 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 way better when he didn't have to handle the ball and could play off ball. So much better. Yeah, so I get it, man. Like, give him his reps on ball, like kind of like summer league. But um, again, I just don't think the Lakers are going to run into an issue where they won't have any sort of playmaker on the floor. So I'm, I'm just not concerned with it right now. Uh, said, uh, added, like some stretches, but we played like garbage. Denver's going to blow our doors off if we're not locked all the way in. Seeing some last year habits can't be offensively challenged with elite teams. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if the Lakers play the way they played tonight, aside from the, the starters in, in the first, I thought the starters legitimately played pretty good basketball in the first quarter, just missed shots. They generated some good shots and just missed them. And then in the second quarter, played pretty well. Gave up a run late, but other than that, they, they played well. Um, but if the Lakers bench unit plays like this you're not going to beat a lot of teams right there's a lot of teams that are going to give you not just denver there's a lot of teams that are going to give you give you issues but matt how much of this too do you think is we've played six preseason games now can we please just get to a regular season game already oh i you know i definitely think that's a lot of it <laughs> um i just you know Six preseason games. I think guys are really just trying to get their legs underneath them, really just try to execute some sets, um, tinker with some minutes and rotations from the coaching side's perspective. I, you know, like as much as I hate to say it, I don't think the Lakers were going like, you know, full steam ahead, like 100% mm -hmm. energy effort out there. Um, does that excuse some of the um, lack of execution and lack of focus and, you know, like some sloppy turnovers? There was like a pretty particularly brutal stretch in the third quarter. Where I think they committed like two or three turnovers in a row. Um, absolutely not. But again, I just think that when you play a team like Denver, it's opening night, the games start to matter. I think you'll see a better executing Lakers team. Um, at least that's the hope. And then as far as I like, can't be offensively challenged, like, I mean, I agree. Like I thought the Lakers in the second half, particularly the bench, I think even though they were not very organized, I still think there were quite a few shots that they could have made. Like, you know, they were good looks. Mm -hmm. Like I was happy that they came yeah. within the flow of an offense and they just missed. So, um, you know, the that, what's the old ad, adage? It's a make or miss league. I just think that, you know, um, I think it's always process over results. I think we saw a lot of good. We've throughout the preseason, and I think I've talked about this before, is that the Lakers have been executing pretty well. I like a lot of the sets they've run. I think they've gotten mm -hmm. a lot of good looks. And, you know, um, I just think that if that carries over, I can live with the results. Because, again, like if, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and they're getting the shots that they want, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, and that's, especially in preseason, it's got to be process over results. And I thought we saw some pretty decent process in the first half. I mean, Anthony, we should mention oh, yeah. Anthony, Anthony yeah. Davis, like, blocked everything. At, at one point, Yusuf Nurkic was 0 for 5, and Anthony Davis had five blocks. Because he blocked mm. every shot Nurkic tried to take, pretty much. Um, AD was phenomenal defensively. There were some good things as well that came out of this. Um, obviously, though, we're going to remember how poorly things went in the second half particularly when it was bench versus bench oh, man. um <laughs> legend says trade everyone cut wood reddish need gabe bad let's not 
go crazy trade ever it's it's appreciate we haven't they haven't even played a game yet technically like i guess that's the other piece to this right the lakers play denver and phoenix the first two games of the season that's yep. a very difficult start to the season but if come next saturday a week from this saturday if the lakers are 2 and 0 no one's going to be talking about this game or care at all about this game Honestly, Trevor, I'm I might even just forget about this game tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, oh man, um, yeah. Look, um, I just think that the Lakers are still very much in discovery mode. I don't think. I, I mean, like, look, I think we have to remember things. Some some things too. Like, do you remember the 2020 team? They also lost an opening night, and then they decided to just go out, reel off this run, and become the one seed. Like. It's going to take a little bit of time, I think, for the Lakers to really get their footing. Um, mm -hmm. We've hyped them up all offseason. A lot of people have called them the winners of free agency and stuff like that. So yeah. I think, you know, a lot of that momentum and hype is just carrying into this preseason. And now fans are a little bummed that it hasn't just panned out yet. But um, I think this is as good of a time as ever to preach patience because um, the Lakers are a good team. Like, I think we've seen that in spurts this preseason. And then I think as the regular season goes on, you'll you'll see that their talent and depth will win out over a lot of teams. Yeah, let's let's certainly hope so. That would go, go a long way towards calming everybody down here. Mamba Mentality said, I know what I'm master locking today, LOL. Yeah, we that's going to be a fun segment, the master lock today. Um, we have a couple of new members here coming in, Brad. And then I didn't, I'll be honest. And look, we're, I, I just started the YouTube memberships and stuff within the last, it hasn't even been a week. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. Maybe I should have known. He gifted oh. a Lakers Nation membership. I didn't realize you could do that. Very much that like the very Twitch cool. model. Yep. That is very cool. I had no idea that that was a, a thing that you could do. Uh, but that is awesome. That makes me even more excited that we're, that we're doing this membership thing and offering extra shows, all these perks and things like that, extra emojis, all kinds of different stuff that you can uh that you can use for for anyone out there if you subscribe trevor might just follow you on instagram too i might i might i, I mean i do follow matt the optimist peralta no you don't <laughs> what are you talking about i don't <laughs> i followed you a while ago trevor are you sure yeah oh wait did you change your account Oh, <laughs> that's why your account got shut down, didn't it? Because I remember we had this conversation like a couple of years ago that I wasn't following you on there or something like that. And I made sure I went in and followed you. But then you said something about like your account got closed or something. Yeah, I had that's to restart from scratch. I followed that's Trevor right. and never followed. I will back. go find your new account and, and follow it. Uh Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> mission 86 said was it just me or was that a little icky to you too it was <laughs> what a comment i hope i'm wrong but this game is one reason i feel like we should have used uh preseason to build something i'm worried we may have a sub 500 start in some tough early games so when we talk about the lakers not using preseason to build something LeBron only playing in half the games, Austin Reeves not playing in a bunch of games, finishing a lot of games the, the entire half just about with with essentially a G League, not even your bench unit, but your G League team. We saw a lot of teams that were closing out games with like a mixture of a couple of G League guys and their bench guys. The Lakers just put their whole G League squad in there. Do you think they squandered some opportunities to to build during preseason here? I, I think I can see the reasoning behind that, but I mean, I think that I'm always going to err on the side of caution. And so if I don't need to necessarily play guys, you know, like more than I need to, I, I mm -hmm. think I'm okay. Um, Cause Trevor, like, let's be honest, like what is the number one concern with this team? And I think it is the same thing year after year, after year, after year, it is health. <laughs> mm -hmm. So look, I personally feel like I saw enough, from the regulars in the first half to feel comfortable with where they're at now. Um, I do understand the point of wanting to play them just a little bit more just to, you know, get as many reps as possible and against live competition. I totally understand that point, but this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, like, like, look, I'll even be honest with you. Like, I don't even really care too, too much about the one seed in the Western conference. No. Um, I don't like, cause I know a lot of fans out there are like, Oh yeah, the Lakers should be like the best team. If not like, 
at worst like number two behind the nuggets or something like that's fine but for me it's like just get to the playoffs healthy like we saw them make a run as a seventh seed like i personally do not care where they end up as long as they get to the playoffs in one piece so yeah i i would i would prefer they avoid the play-in oh sure. that's it yeah. that's it that's that's my that that is my floor what i would like to see as the floor for this lakers team don't be in the play-in and then and of course with the more important than don't be in the play-in is get there healthy, but get there healthy, be a top six seed and not have to worry about the play-in tournament, and uh, and you can go out there and like. You know, can can you even name done. six teams better than the Lakers right now in the Western Conference? I, I think there's a lot of teams in the West that all can claim. Like, look at it, I look at it this way, and we've talked about this over on the front office show, which, by the way, if you guys haven't sub subscribed to that or checked it out, you definitely should. The NBA front office show with myself and Keith Smith. We cover the whole league. But um, I, I, I look at it this way. If you make a... You build the table for the Western Conference. Sure. And you predict who's going to finish where. Sure. No matter who you pick to be the 11th seed, that fan base will be justifiably upset. As they should be. Yeah. That's, they, that's the reality of life in the Western Conference. Yeah, like, I mean, if you want to make arguments, obviously the Nuggets have to be in there because they're the reigning champs. Phoenix, given mm -hmm. all the talent they have. Um, the Warriors, just because of the continuity factor, sure. But, you know, once you get past that, it's like, it's kind of difficult to name more teams that you think would threaten the Lakers in the regular season. But... That's neither here nor there. My point being is that I think the Lakers are going to be fine no matter where they end up as long as the things you laid out, one, they're healthy, two, they avoid the play-in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I believe as well. Um, let's Here, let's do this real quick. Is that a good comment here? Superstar of the night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sometimes we don't do these awards when it's a particularly frustrating game, but somebody in the chat said that Brad in the chat needs to be the superstar of the night for gifting these, these memberships. Um, maybe, especially given the way the game, the game went, Brad uh, coming up big in the clutch. Uh, but I, I think this has got to go. Look, LeBron did some impressive things. He hit some threes, which was great to see. Uh, you could tell LeBron was going like 50% out there. But Anthony Davis, all the blocks... <laughs> My God, if this guy stays healthy and he's not the defensive player of the year, it, it will be it'll be sad because this he he is such an incredible defensive player. And the fact that he has I get it, he needs to stay healthy, but the fact that he hasn't won one and then he went out there head to head against Jaron Jackson Jr. and and the the, the reigning depoy triple J was nowhere close to Anthony Davis. Uh, we saw that in the postseason. Man, this guy needs a Defensive Player of the Year award, and I, I hope he gets it done. So he's my superstar of the night, second to to Brad, of course. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll definitely go with Brad, um, just because, again, gifting subs is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I was going to say LeBron, just because, like, you know, he's only played half of them. I feel like I should give mm -hmm. him some spotlight. Because, I, you know, again, like, the numbers aren't going to wow you, but he just looks healthy, which to me is the most important thing. Like, the burst is there, the agility is there. Uh, the explosiveness is there. Like, I know the effort wasn't completely there because it's preseason, but I'm just happy to see him, you know, moving normally on the floor because, man, in the playoffs, it was kind of tough to watch him at times. Gut mm -hmm. it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it is Anthony Davis. This guy looks like he's ready to basically assume the number one role on this team on both ends. Um, he looks like a guy like there's been so much talk about Anthony Davis has been locked in, super focused, you know, way more serious this time around. I think he's showing that on the court. Um, and yeah, just defensively, like that dude does things that no one else in the world basically can do. And yeah. it is like just insane to watch. And like, I think you like outside of the blocks, you just have to watch him. And like there, there he had like what he recorded five blocks officially. But I think the most impressive thing is how many times like someone tried to get into the paint and they looked up and they saw him. They're like, oh, never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> Run away. I think he finished with six. Okay. Six blocks. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Um, yeah. Anthony Davis. Um, I fondly remember all the times that people were like, we should trade this guy for whatever we can get. And I was very staunchly on the, we need to keep him because you're not going to get anything close to near value. And I feel very justified now, given what he has started to look like. I, I put this comment up. Paul Mamba says, wave Reddish and sign Brad. <laughs> we'll talk about Cam Reddish a little bit, but uh, but Brad, the hero of the show today. But okay, I, I need to ask you this. Sure. Anthony Davis. We're talking about how good he is. Mm -hmm. And AD on the night, obviously the blocks were great. One for three from three. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. 33%. Sure. I would take that. If he did that every single night, I would be I'd be happy. Be good with that. How much longer do we need to see this before we can say that Anthony Davis's three-point shooting is real? Uh, what is real? 33%? Yeah, I mean, just that he is a credible three-point shooter. We've seen him taking threes with confidence in every game he's played so far in preseason and making threes. But again, that's what he's played in. I think it's five preseason games. I think he made a three in all of them, right? Yeah. So what do we? What point do we need to get to for us to say, okay, the three-point stroke, it's back. This is a real thing. Because he did shoot 33% from three the season the Lakers won a championship, 2019-2020. Um, I would say about a quarter ish season, a quarter ish of the season. So like mm -hmm. 20 to 25 games. Um, I know that sounds like a lot, but I think that's, a, I think that, but the reason why I picked that number is because again, if you can do it in that sample size, I, I think it'd be, I'd be comfortable saying like, yeah, I think this is just him now. Um, I would like to see a bit of an uptick in the, the mid range shooting still. I think he's still trying to figure that part out a little bit. Um, definitely some pick and pop actions that I saw tonight where I was like, oh, that looks like a good jumper, but then they just didn't go in. Yeah. Um, he has that part of his game back. I think that's going to be more crucial than the outside shooting. Personally, if he, if he is able to rediscover the mid range jump shot, I think the offensive game will just skyrocket. But as far as the three point shooting goes, um, 20, 25 ish games knocks down at least one. Uh, I'd be pretty stoked. So, and I agree. I think something like that is probably about what you need just to firmly say, yep, this is, this is not just a little hot stretch. This is what AD is this season. Rollinson said the bench does look terrible. Trev, you know, I, I thought that for most of preseason, the Lakers bench guys, even when like LeBron was out, Reeves was out and they're filling in with bench guys. They look good. Like the Lakers looked like it, even without LeBron, even without Austin Reeves, they looked like a competent team, even going up against other team starters. That's part of why it was so surprising to see the bench look so bad in this one. Even, even in the first half, the bench looked terrible. So what's the what's the truth here? Is this is this just a bad outing, a flat outing? They didn't like the desert air in Palm Springs or something? Or or should the Lakers and Lakers Nation be concerned about the bench a little bit? I mean, look, um, bench guys are bench guys for a reason. They're not always going to be very consistent. We saw a lot of all bench units today. Um, and I think it's just magnified given like the turnovers and all the missed shots and then the poor defense. You know, I think that's what everyone's kind of honing in on right now. Um, I will say, though, that I think when you were talking about um, the bench guys filling in, I think we were talking about the Bucks game, for example. Right. Um, we had a lot of bench guys filling in larger roles and they still look yeah. pretty good. Um, I would like just to point out, and again, this might sound like a cop-out, but I mean, they did have starters next to them, like D'Angelo Russell, for example. I just think that having one or two of these connecting sort of players on the floor yeah. at all times really greases the offense and makes things go. So um, I don't want to simplify it to just that, but I do think there is some merit to this idea of like, 
if I've got someone that can just kind of get everyone in the right spots, um, I think it all just kind of starts to make it starts it starts to make sense. So um, that's where I'm at on the situation. I don't think the bench is terrible by any stretch. I still think that individually each player is good. I just think it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching and what kind of lineups they're going to be in together. I think if anything, maybe you know Darwin learned that don't roll out a bench only lineup for for the time yep. being and then and go from there. I think that's something that we can say. Uh Andrew says shows how important a playmaker slash ball handler is. Would love to see Rui get more involved on offense and plays. Please don't panic people. Yeah, this was a just kind of a blah performance for Rui Hachimura, who I think can very easily step into the role of scorer for the bench that can be the guy where when the offense breaks down, you can give him the ball and expect him to, to create a good look for himself. He's got that pull-up jumper. Um, I would like to see him be a bit more of a factor on the boards, but again, it wasn't just Rui. It was the entire bench, but yeah, it was just, it was, it was a flat performance all around. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like he just kind of looked off today. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, didn't take any shots out of rhythm, took a lot of things, like all of his attempts look like the regular shots we're used to seeing Rui take. Um, they just didn't go down today. Like I'm, I'm happy to write this one off. If it continues like well into the regular season, then I think we should talk about it. Palm Springs nightlife is undefeated. Oh yeah, man! So <laughs> much stuff to do out <laughs> that's, there. That's, that's what it's gotta be. Dante said Cam Reddish is bad. He played 22 <laughs> minutes and had only two points. He shot horribly. Turned the ball over several times. Bad look for a third-year player. To be fair, he was asked to be a point guard, and that's not really what he does. But Cam Reddish, uh, I, I do I even want to say it? He's not a third-year player. This is actually I was just about to say that's what I was googling. His year. <laughs> In the NBA, uh, so that's that's what I was googling. Yep. <laughs> yeesh. Um, but yes, Cam Reddish. Uh, now I, I think we're right back where we were when we started preseason with with Cam Reddish in, in Game One. Cam did not play well offensively, but he did some good things on the defensive end of the floor. That's kind of ultimately where I'm still at with with Cam Reddish. I think he's a guy who can do some good things defensively, offensively. It's it's kind of been a mess uh, with him. And I don't, I don't know. When I look at this battle, I wonder because he was the first one to come in. He got minutes before Max Christie did. Oh yeah. But I have a hard time buying right now that Cam Reddish has won the backup two guard role, role over Max Christie. If if they're really in that role, the backup two, and not having to play point guard, I still think I have Christie above Reddish. And that's not to say that Christie had a phenomenal. Uh, preseason, but he makes less mistakes, I think, than, than Reddish does, particularly on that offensive end. Yeah, I mean, this is what I said on the last show, right? Like, I know Cam Reddish had that one good game, but, I mean, I just think Max has been the more consistent player throughout the preseason. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, look, I don't think there's any way around it. This was not a great performance from Cam. He was asked to play a role that he's not accustomed to playing in, but even then, like, um, you would hope to see a little bit more, especially playing against the Suns bench unit. Um I just sort of think that, and I, and this is how I felt about Cam Reddish this entire time. Like he's a nice, like kind of depth piece to have at the end of your bench. I'm happy to throw him out there every once in a while. If we just need to throw a team, a different look, but um, the fact that we don't have to rely on him is good for me. So again, like I'm not going to worry too, too much about it. Um, if, if Cam starts to get minutes over Max in the regular season for no apparent reason, I would be concerned, but I just personally think Max has definitely locked up the spot. Um, and so I'm just, again, like, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe Darwin and the coaching staff will surprise us and, and still roll out Cam Reddish to try and kind of give him opportunities. But long story short, I think Max is just going to be fine and he, he will take the minutes at some point, if not right away. You know, you know, something that occurred to me, Matt, and I agree with you on, on everything you said there, but something that's occurred to me, and I don't want this to sound like an excuse because this is purely me speculating, me trying to think in the, in the mind of a coach. If you're Darvin Ham and you find out shortly before the game that the Suns are pulling all of their guys, and so you're not going to get a real sense of, of what they've got, and you see them a week from tomorrow in a regular sure. season game that matters and you want your guys to be on the floor, you know, and to get some kind of a rhythm. If you're Darvin Ham, are you pulling back the playbook? Like, are you really only, cause I, I saw the Lakers do a lot of freelancing. If you're Darvin Ham, 
Are you cognizant of that going in, into this game that it may not be wise to show everything you've got right now? Oh, yeah. I, I think there was definitely some sort of gamesmanship here. Um, I mean, you can think about Frank Vogel saying, like, we're going to play our starters and then just kidding. No, we're not. I mean, the Suns essentially did the same thing, right? So um, I think that's part of it. Um, like you said, they played literally a week from today, um, Thursday night. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that'll be fun. But uh, oh, is it Thursday? Do... Oh, you're right. It is Thursday. I was thinking it was next Friday. You're right. Yeah, they've got the uh, the double header for that. I mean, everyone loves watching the Lakers on national TV. Yep. Um, but yeah, my point being is that I definitely think some gamesmanship was involved. I also think it's smart, honestly, just to not throw everything out there right away. Um, you don't want to give opposing teams too much tape on you guys, especially because it's going to be your second game. So uh, I'm okay with it. I mean, as long as um, the team plays like it did in the first half for the full four quarters, I, I think I'll be okay. We need to talk a little bit about Christian Wood. I've got sure. a lot of people in the chat um, that are are mentioning uh, Jackson Hayes. Got this one said Hayes has got the bounce. Sure does. Jackson Hayes fire emoji. Christian Wood is he the was he the most disappointing player of preseason for you? Ooh. Um. Because I, I think guess... I think Jackson Hayes could be the most impressed or the guy who exceeded expectations. There's a few guys that we could name as the guy who exceeded expectations. The most Jackson, Jackson Hayes in the mix. Conversely, did Christian Wood disappoint? Uh, so, oh man, this is going to sound like a cop out, but yes and no. Um, yes, obviously I think big name, expect more scoring out of him, better shooting numbers. Um, no, because, um, and this is also going to sound like an excuse, but I think I read somewhere on the old Twitter line or Twitter timeline that, um, he had only played pickup a few times during the summer because he didn't want to risk injury because he was still a free agent. So he's still getting his legs under him, joined the team pretty late. So still learning the playbook, stuff like that. Um, so I'll give him a little bit of a pass, but you do hope to see a little bit more out of him. Um, especially offensively defensively like i mentioned there have been some spurts but still some of the same issues of just like not being a great rim protector when he's a soul big on the floor stuff like that um so yeah i mean i guess if we're talking like who's the most disappointing quote-unquote laker in the preseason that played like some real minutes I, I think it probably is christian wood um mm. but i mean that's not really saying too much because i'm still of the mindset that christian wood isn't going to play like massive minutes every single night so Yes, it's kind of an issue because you're still counting on him to, to be like, you know, serviceable. But at the same time, I don't think it's a make or break kind of thing because this is the guy that you signed to your 14th spot like in September. Right, right. Yeah, I wonder how much of that, the conditioning and stuff is, is a factor here. Um, when push comes to shove, did Jackson Hayes earn minutes over Christian Wood? At this because I, I think Jackson Hayes was good. I've got people in the chat saying Cam Reddish was the most disappointing. I didn't have super high expectations coming in same, for Cam yeah. Reddish. My expectations were certainly higher for Christian Wood. If the Lakers, I don't know what the bench rotation is going to look like. We certainly didn't find that out tonight. But if Darvin Ham is looking down his bench and he's got to put in one of Jackson Hayes or Christian Wood, who's he, who's he turning to? Uh, I mean, I think it's Jackson Hayes, personally. Yeah. Um, he shows some pretty good chemistry with LeBron, D'Angelo. Um, I think he has, like, just a much cleaner, like, offensive uh, role. Because um, I think for Christian Wood, like, I think he really does thrive when he gets to have the show to himself, really. Um, Jackson Hayes is more of a complimentary player, and I think he's way more comfortable in that role versus Christian Wood, who's going to get limited touches, um, at least on the offensive end. So... Um, depending on the rest of the lineup, I, I think I'm still going to link, uh, Jackson Hayes just again, because it's way easier to imagine his fit with certain lineups and you know exactly what you're going to be getting out of him every single mm -hmm. night. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Jackson Hayes athleticism too makes a difference out there. He's fun um, to watch, man. Yeah. And you can see the guys are looking for, like, they're actively trying to find ways to throw lobs to him, um, which is great to see. Like, it's, it's great to see. I think that he's. He's definitely earned himself a role, which has been, again, I didn't have super high expectations for Jackson Hayes coming in, but he's he's impressed. I think he has indeed impressed. Um, Ace of Hearts said, I fear this team has lost its identity to hang in their hat on defense. We blew two leads in this game because of that, because of it. Last year, the defense was the way that they won games. They were an excellent, especially down the stretch, they were an excellent defensive team. Has that slipped? 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say because I feel like that first half, the first quarter in particular, really was a really impressive defensive first quarter for the Lakers, mm -hmm. I felt like. Um, I mean, I, I would understand some slippage given some of the new personnel that the team has. I mean, I think we should also throw out there that Vanderbilt wasn't available either. That's definitely going to be a piece of yes. the defense as well. Um, also game Vincent. So I, I think it's tough to say. Um, obviously, the past few seasons, the Lakers have been one of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, I think this year they decided to strike more of a balance, trying to go offense and defense. Um, so if the offense picks up enough to cover for the slippage of defense, I think everyone would be okay with that. And so that's mm -hmm. just kind of where I'm leaning right now. But that's just to say, though, that if the Lakers play defense like they did in the first quarter against the Suns every night, then I think they'll be just fine. They'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'm not ready to say, especially when we haven't, we still haven't really seen the true rotation. I don't know that I can say the defense is, is going to be an issue this season or not. We have to see kind of how that's going to play out once wow. the season gets going. Um, I, I think when I'm looking at this game, I think the biggest concern for me is not necessarily what the Lakers were doing because I think that the bench is going to be, this, is, this was by far the worst we've seen the bench. But sure. it's also not what we've seen out of the bench for the other preseason games. So it's a little bit easier just to kind of say, okay, well, this probably isn't isn't going to be an issue. But my biggest concern is what if the Suns bench is is good? What if I think they are good. What if that's real? That's a problem. That's a problem because the Suns bench should not be good. This should not be a good bench for, for Phoenix. And they played pretty well. I mean, obviously, they, they beat the hell out of the Lakers in this one. If Phoenix's bench is actually just good, despite the pieces that they've got, if Frank Vogel found a way to get them to be better than the sum of their parts, which that's what they looked like tonight, if that's just the way it is, that could be a problem for the West. Um, That's kind of funny. I think I disagree. I think their bench is actually just pretty solid, generally. Um. I mean, you go through the list, there's not there's not really like any world beaters or anything, and they're all like on minimum contracts because the Suns mm -hmm. are just capped out to like infinity. But that, that's that's what I mean. They've got but if he's able to take these guys that are on minimum contracts and get them to come together and, and perform as above minimum contract guys, that that's more what I meant. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, look, like what what is the Suns starting lineup? It's gonna be Nurkic, KD, Beal, um, Booker, and um, who am I missing? Durant. Durant, you say Kitty, uh, and then oh, Akogi probably starts. He's probably their their fifth starter with Nurkic, Beal, Booker, and KD. Okay, so I mean, what what is that bench then? It's like Grayson Allen, it's Eric Gordon, mm -hmm. it's uh, Dev, uh, what is what's his name? Drew and then Eubanks. it's and then it's Eubanks. It's uh, Saul, Devin, Little, Devin Eubanks. It's a, yeah, Drew Eubanks, and then you've got uh, Watanabe, solid. Like I was, I was pretty angry over free agency because they got a bunch of guys that I thought the Lakers were gonna like target, um, right. and so yeah, like I said, like they kind of also have a similar makeup to the Lakers, like not defensively, but just more so like they've got a really good starting five and they've just got like a bunch of solid dudes off the bench. They're not gonna throw all bench units out there. Um, so yeah, like look, I I think the Suns are legitimately good. Um, I think it'll take some time for them to gel, but I do not want to see that team in the playoffs personally. Like that's mm. that's just where I'm at. I, I need to get both you and Sean on the show because Sean was not a, a fan of what the Suns did over the over the summer, and he thought he thinks they're not going to be a very good team. But again, if their if their bench is actually legit and isn't a weakness for them, that's all they have to be. Just don't be a weakness. That Phoenix team will be pretty darn good. They will be good. Uh, B zero gifted a Lakers Nation membership. That was cool to see there. Um, you know what, before I get, before we get too deep into the show here and we eventually have to go over to, uh, to Sean's show, let's, uh, let's do this. We got to do it. Master lock of the night. The master lock of the night. Oh boy. We have so many options. Matt, what do you put in the master lock from this? <sighs> Um, I'm gonna put editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkand in the master lock for making me tweet this game. 
<laughs> that was were people blaming you like no, because, no, because no, that no. becomes a thing during the season people start to react to whoever it is that's tweeting whether it's you whether it's Corey, somebody else <laughs> right and they're assuming they think that one person is bad luck or good luck we see it too like on playback if a certain person comes on oh we're gonna win the game or or we're not uh you you didn't no one blamed you right no 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 okay um by the way i gotta come back on the playback at some point but um, no, I think I think my real um, my real master lock. Oh, I was just kidding, Daniel. I just wanted to rib you, but um, <laughs> I think my real one is premature panic from the fan base. Okay. <laughs> uh, like no offense, guys. Like I love literally everyone out there who cheers for and roots for the Lakers, but I think it is good to just kind of take a step back, realize one, this game does not matter in the record books. Two um contextually speaking there are a lot of things that you will not see um and three just it, it, it'll take time like we we saw last season obviously circumstances are different that the lakers started out completely terrible mm -hmm. we were talking about are they even going to make the play in tournament and then they get to the western conference finals i just think that it is good to just kind of sit back let things play out try to stay water as much as possible um you know this team is very good I still believe it's a very good team. I still think it is in the inner circle of contenders. So I will just have to sit here and let them figure things out. And I think once they get rolling, we will be excited and we will never have to, you know, have this discussion of is this team going to be good or is this team going to be bad? I think this team's good. I think we just got to give it some time to marinate. All right. All right. I like it. Uh, mine. No, I'm going to master lock the bench. Sure. But a specific aspect of it. Again, you can have a bad game. It happens. It happens. People have bad games. You can have struggles on offense because you don't have a point guard on the floor. That, that's expected. But we saw the bench, particularly, get burned on plays where they just weren't locked in. Right? They're just they're getting beat backdoor because they're not paying attention to stuff that stuff that's going on. Their focus isn't there. The effort wasn't there. That particular aspect is what I, is what I'm going to master lock. And yes, it being the final game of preseason, all that, that there's certainly context here that matters, but that's the part that I think bothered me the most seeing them get burned on essentially effort and focus plays. You can have a bad shooting night. You can have a night where, you know, you, the, you dribble the ball off your foot and you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, you just, you have off days, but you still need to be locked in. And I saw plays where the Lakers were getting beat, especially the bench because of effort, because of focus. So that is what I think I need to master lock from this one. Sure. I mean, I don't blame you. I just, you know, it's kind of like low-hanging fruit, but I I mean, I definitely agree. I think they could definitely be a ball. Oh, I will, I will grab all the low-hanging fruit that I can, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it is still tasty. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, yes, this game was not tasty, though. That's for no, sure. No, the game itself was not. It was, it was rotten. It was rotten, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's do a couple more, and then I know uh, Sean's show is going to be starting up in just a bit. The Lakers Nation post post game show is that what we're uh, going with? Can, can we rebrand or rename that thing? Do you not like that? Uh, I think we could do better. That, that came from above, so that's that, that's what we what we went with. The Lakers well, that, that's above my pay grade then. So post post game show with Sean Davis. That's gonna that's gonna be coming up in just a bit here, but. Uh, Mob Mentality with some positive positivity said, if AD plays this dominant, we're nearly unbeatable. AD needs to understand with his size, skill, and speed, not many players in the league can guard him. I don't fault AD for not going berserk offensively. Or There were a few plays where I went, AD, slow down. The one play where uh, Akogi tried to take a charge and AD was airborne, I'd, I held my breath. I think my heart may have skipped a few beats. I... I'm okay with AD not going 100%, 100 miles an hour in a preseason game. Oh, you know, now that you said that, isn't it kind of a terrifying thought that this was him defensively not playing 100%? For Nurkic, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, yeah, if this is AD not playing 100%, that's he's going to do some things defensively this season. That guy literally won the Lakers series defensively. Mm -hmm. postseason and if I, i'm just saying man ad is very good and i was just like to 
astutely point out that he barely got an honorable mention for defensive player of the year amongst a certain survey. Um, Unbelievable. It makes no sense. Makes well, no sense. you know, um, these are people obviously smarter than you and I, so they must know something we don't. But um, I will just happily disagree with the uh, consensus, apparently. <laughs> I think the GMs just wanted to try to take a little shot at the Lakers. Kids, yeah, say, they're just trolling, man. That's what it is. Said, can't explain, expect the Lakers to shoot as well as we did in previous games, and you can't expect the bench to play that bad consistently, constantly. Oh, but a good, good point. I think he's right. I think the Lakers, their their shooting was destined to come back to earth a little bit at some point. I mean, sure. like Reeves was shooting like sixty five percent from three and stuff. Like that's uh, that's you know we know there's going to be regression. Um, but also the bench isn't going to play like this every single night. In fact, hopefully this is the one night we've seen them play truly this terribly. But one thing that get that I would have completely overlooked in all this, and I think it's a great point. D'Angelo Russell played pretty well defensively. Like he was, he was getting in passing lanes. He was picking up guys. He didn't have a great offensive performance. First preseason game where he didn't look great offensively, but he was making a difference with his defense out there. And I think that's a great sign moving forward that that continues to be a thing d'angelo russell as a quality defensive player yeah i mean i've been like kind of like i mean I, the way i've always thought about d'lo at least defensively if he's like an average to even just slightly above average lakers are going to be very very good on that end and so far he's actually blown past my expectations mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i'm happy um you know like in some weird way it's almost a blessing in disguise that you know, people and the fans were giving him so much grief for the playoffs because I think he really took that personally and decided yeah. to, to really improve his game in that area. So kudos to him. And if he keeps this up again, I think the Lakers are going to be great defensively. And he's been so introspective and just yeah. so real about about where he's at and understanding what his strengths and weaknesses are and what he needs to do and, and all that he's been. I, I've been really impressed with D'Angelo Russell, both on and off the court. Um, can I ask you, summer. can I ask you, can I ask you a question? You please do. Um, would you take D'Angelo? If so, here, let me, let me just say this. You get this Ooh. version of D'Angelo the entire regular season. Okay. Would you rather have D'Lo or James Harden just in a vacuum? D'Lo. Okay. D'Lo. Because uh, I also know D'Lo is already, he's he's suddenly, he's best friends with Austin Reeves, right? Yep. We know what they can do in the backcourt together. And if he's playing defense like this, I don't know what's gonna what you're going to get out of James Harden. So I'd, so, go, I'd go D low in this situation. Sorry, the only reason I brought it up is because I was listening to like Simmons's podcast, like either today or yesterday, and they were kind of just talking about how his contract just screams trade and that the Lakers, if because think about it, right? If James Harden wants to come back to LA and the Clippers don't make a deal, mm -hmm. and the Lakers are like, sure, why not? Uh, D'Lo would have to just be in that deal and then I was thinking about it in terms of like would I actually want James Harden though on the Lakers and I think I'm with you I don't I, I don't think I would so yeah and and D'Lo I mean D'Lo can't be traded till December 15th and like yeah that's a, that would be like a deadline deal yeah right and, and he's got a point that the Lakers they negotiated out D'Angelo Russell's no trade so that's something too he has a player option next summer there's there's plenty of things to consider there but yeah if I if you told me hey 30 whatever year old James Harden was he 33 34 yeah. or 27 year old D'Angelo Russell that's playing the way we've seen him play I mean it don't you have some of the similar issue like if you say D'Lo doesn't show up in the postseason isn't that James Harden's MO like right that isn't that isn't that a big negative against him like we saw it just this past postseason so I mean I, I think I go D'Lo I, I think yeah I, 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 I kind of wanted fits. yeah I just wanted to emphasize fit versus talent yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question. James Harden said, you know, he's on another level and he's a Hall of Famer and, and all that. But yeah, that's a, That's an interesting thing to consider, though, for sure. Right. Especially both of them being lefties. That's what I said, man. Like, look, like I, I I can envision the basketball fit, but the playoff disappearances, the attitude, like just he'd all you'd also have to presumably pay James Harden. Um, yeah just a lot of things I would not want to do that trade. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of like one of those, like if you get to the deadline and it's sitting there, like you, you at least think about it. Yeah. All right. Vector Nova said, I feel the Lakers aren't using max correctly. Sure. He isn't some of that today. A lot of it today was out of necessity. He isn't an all on ball creator. His play style is more suited towards shooting off of off ball actions. I agree with all of that. I totally agree. 
Um, he looks more comfortable. I think, Matt, he looks more comfortable when he's playing off ball. And he's more effective when he's off ball and he's attacking closeouts, he's one dribble pull up, or he's catch and shoot on threes. Yeah, I think it is very, very, very important um, to remember just how young Max Christie is. Yes. Was he, he 20? Yeah, he yeah. just turned 20. Um, will be 21 on, in February this year. Um, point being is that he was not a ball handler in college. That was not his role. Um, that will not be his role with the Lakers. I think right now they're just kind of testing the waters with him and seeing where the development is and if we can give him more reps to be like a... You want to talk about breaking, you know, breaking case of emergency. Like, if we need someone to just handle and dribble the ball and, and organize the offense, I think they might turn to Max in that situation. But I just do not think that's going to be his role during his time with the Lakers, barring some massive leap. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I, I don't think that's going to be his role. I don't think it should be his role either. Uh, we'll do a few more here. JJ said, "I'm going to stay positive." All right, there we good, go. Good for you, JJ. Uh, it will take the first few games of the season for this team to develop chemistry, but eventually they will start to click. Keep the faith. Uh, what? How many games in do you think people will panic? At? Like, okay, let's just say like the Lakers' first five games. What record do you think is panic-inducing for the fan base? Looking at the teams they played, because I was thinking about this. <laughs> I think anything less than six and four would be a, a concern. Five and five, obviously, if you're four, if you're if you're negative, right, you're four and six or something. That's a problem. But I, I think the floor should be six and four in the first ten. Oh, the Lakers knock out the Magic really quickly in the, in the early in the regular season, huh? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at the schedule now. So, uh, for anyone listening, the Lakers played the Nuggets first, the Suns followed by the Kings, the Magic, the Clippers. That's their first five games. Mm -hmm. Right after that. The Magic, the Heat, the Rockets, the Suns again, and then the Blazers. So um, by my count, I looked at at least three to four wins should be like, I don't want to say gimmies, but they should well, that, win the games. That's what I'm saying. Like if three or four are gimmies, you should be able to win at least two of the kind of tougher games. You should be able to find a way to win at least two. So if you're like five and five or if you're, you know, if you're certainly if you're four and six, then that I think that's cause for concern. Yeah, and for the record, the Gibbies I thought I was looking at were the Blazers, the Rockets, and both Magic games. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, if they go four and six, I think that would be concerning because that means you didn't win against any projected playoff teams. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think my answer if it's a ten game sample, I think four and six I, I would be concerned. But um, I think five and five is not ideal, but still not too terrible. But then anything above five hundred, I think I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty satisfied with. Yeah, like I'm, I'm okay with six and four, seven and three, I'm happy. Oh, excellent. Eight and two, yeah. I'm ecstatic. Nine and one, I'm, I'm running laps and screaming to the world, right? Um, ten, ten and I'll get a tattoo, man. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Twenty twenty four Lakers champions. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, this was this was great. I, I haven't look. I'll admit, I was not in the best mood after this game. It was frustrating watching that game. I know a lot of Lakers fans were too. But the great sure. thing about about doing this show is, by the end, by the time we've talked through everything and we've vented, I usually feel a little bit better. That I is my feel, role feel, on feel staff. A bit that's that's the way it goes. Matt, the optimist, you certainly brought optimism to this show. We got to throw it to, to Sean Davis in just a moment here. But Matt, thank you, thank you for coming on, dude. I, I appreciate it. Always a lot of fun talking Lakers with you. Yeah, um, this was fun. Um, the talk, not the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm just happy we're done with preseason. I'm sure the players are too. Um, and then too, I'm stoked for opening night, even though it's an earlier game than usual, whatever. Um, I will be around Trevor for post game. Um, I will Let's be here it. to celebrate or to cry with everyone and try to talk everyone off ledges. Because I know for a fact, if we lose to Denver on opening night, people are going to be like, it's all over. Yes. The sky will fall. The oh, sky yeah. will fall. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining. That's going to be it for me. Stick around for Sean Davis with the Lakers Nation post post game show. Once again, thanks, everybody. And appreciate those of you who are gifting memberships. That was very cool to see everybody sharing in, in Lakers Nation. Um, but again, everybody, thank you for joining. Till next time. See ya.
and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.